is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! Welcome back to Blue by 90. I am here as always with Jack and Kalen. And today we have a special guest with us today, Bryce Marich of the Michigan Insider in 247 Sports. Bryce, how are you doing today? Doing good, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I think what's the most shocking is just some of these guys are not developing the way I kind of thought they would, I think, in terms of the corners. I mean, that's just... You know, those guys used to be wet on rice. I mean, it was just like you knew they were going to not – they're going to lock up everyone. And I think Michigan would really hurt them, and this is with any team, but especially with Michigan, they had to change a lot is when they had, you know, Nico Collins opt out. And then they had Ambry Thomas, knock, you know, opt out. And so that kind of pushed everyone to spots that maybe they weren't ready for, and you're kind of seeing that. And so the other thing is kind of in the trenches. I mean, that Wisconsin game, it was just like – it, 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 it kind of looked like varsity versus JV. It just, it <laughs> yeah. was like, I mean, it was, you, you could see what team was bigger, more physical, and it was every play. So, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I think that was the, the front seven for Michigan just not being great is very surprising because that has been Don Brown's, you know, bread and butter is um, obviously he's had a good secondary to back it up. Um, but Michigan has not been pushed around for 350 yards uh, in a long time. So that was super surprising. Um, obviously, uh, Michigan has Rutgers coming up. Um, so we're not going to deep dive into uh, position by position battles for Michigan versus Rutgers because I think you'd all tune out at, at, uh, right when we started that. <laughs> um, but I did want to ask you, Bryce, um, is, there, is there a shot that Rutgers – it, does Rutgers have a shot to win this football game this weekend? Absolutely. I mean, how can they not? They beat Michigan State, you know, and I think, you know, for, I think the big thing to watch with this game is can Rutgers get pressure on Michigan? Because when you watch the Rutgers-Michigan State game, they absolutely were getting in the backfield every play. I mean, they caused seven turnovers. When you watch the Michigan State-Michigan game, it was like nothing. It was non-existent. And so now you got to factor in – Aiden Hutchinson's not playing. Plus, you got to factor in possibly Quiddy Pay's not going to play. So, I want to see if they can get any rush. And on top of that, can they also, you know, establish the line of scrimmage and get a push and kind of own it, you know, and whoever the quarterback is and kind of help them out. Yeah, I think that this, um, this has an opportunity for Michigan to finally, like, have a, a breather. And – Although Rutgers, they're not as big of a, you know, breather game as they usually would be. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy that we're only two years or, sorry, four years removed from 78 nothing against Rutgers. And now it's a 10 and a half point spread. Um, it is, and a lot of people I'm, are, are going to be betting on Rutgers because why wouldn't you take your, take your chance? Jack's betting on Rutgers. Shit, dude, I, I should have done it last week. I should have bet against Michigan last week, but I'm going to do it this week. I mean, night game in New Jersey. Hey, the the crowd. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be, right? Like that's true. I don't know. 
Yeah, if there's no, there's definitely not a reason to watch this game for Michigan. That, but there's really a reason to watch it for Rutgers. Rutgers has become kind of a fun team to watch. They fully embrace the fact that they're not that great, so they just run wacky, wild, fun plays. So watch it for the Rutgers. Yeah, they've got nothing to lose. That's for sure. If they can come out and um, and Greg Schiano beats Michigan State and Michigan in his second stint with Rutgers, I mean they're they're back 100. Um, percent if he if he beats Michigan State and Michigan in his in his first year back, I say we hire Schiano. Bring yeah, him to Michigan. Hell yeah. Why not? Why not? Fire Harbaugh. Bryce hire is like, get this guy out of here. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a good podcast. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have to get your take on Harbaugh a little bit later, but like everyone's beating that horse to death. I mean, it's just like, it's all that anybody's talking about, but it still gets the clicks, of course. Um, so the one thing I did want to get into, because you are a recruiting guy, is um, after Michigan gets absolutely walloped by Wisconsin, uh, all these guys, including J.J. McCarthy, like at the forefront of it, come out on Twitter and social media and all these interviews, and they're go blue all the way, 100% committed. They believe in, in this coaching staff still. They are, like, all in. Um, nothing's deterring them. Were you surprised to see that, or were you thinking that that is kind of how all these guys were feeling the whole time? For me, I personally wouldn't feel that way. You know, I kind of would be like, I'm not sure if I want to jump on this boat. But <laughs> they don't look at it like that. You know, I, I, two, two things with this visit weekend that happened, I wanted to see how they're going to take it was – are they going to look at, like, this program's failing? It's They're not developing these players. What's going on? Or are they going to look at it like an opportunity? We can come and play right now because we see the product on the field is not that great, but we know they've done it before. It's not like Zordich, again, he's – the corners are struggling, but it's not like he hasn't sent guys to the NFL. This is just a right. one year. This is 2020. It's a crazy year. Lots happening. So it's not – you know, it's like with the offensive line. They've lost – four stars to the NFL. Plus, you got Jenny Mayfield, who's now hurt. You just inserted a bunch of new faces. And on top of that, what people have to understand, too, is a lot of the guys you're seeing play are sophomores or freshmen. So this is an extremely young team. And the recruits, from me talking to them, are kind of encouraged by that because they're like, listen, that just shows Harbaugh's willing to play us right now. And we want to play right now. So it's a positive, personally. And looking at the secondary, too, and when you factor in recruiting, I mean, I've seen a couple of things where people are ready to put in crystal balls for, and correct me if I uh, mess up his name, is it Damani Jackson, the five-star DB? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And then there's a, what is it, is it Will Jackson or Will Johnson? Will Johnson. Will Johnson. So who's local guy. And those are – It's the guy, yeah. I mean, it seems like those guys have picked up steam since they've seen kind of what's happened. What, what's your take on that? So with Damani Jackson, he's a corner five-star number three player overall in the country out of uh, modern day high school, which is, I mean, that's like a powerhouse in California yeah. if you're not too familiar with that school. But uh, so far, Michigan got Christian Dixon, who's a four-star wide receiver in the 2021 class, who's teammates with Damani Jackson. Plus, Darren Green-Warren, who's a freshman currently on the team as a cornerback, is from the school, and he played on the same seven-on-seven team as Domani. So Domani's got connections, plus his dad, 
who's from Youngstown, Ohio, grew up a Michigan fan. So he kind of installed that into Domani, whereas mom's a huge Ohio State fan. So he he took more, (laughs) he took, luckily, he took more to the Michigan side compared to the Ohio State side. And his dad, you know, from talking to him a couple times, he said, listen, I told him when Michigan used to beat Ohio State. It wasn't this way around, where Ohio State's now kicking our butt all the time. So Domani has got that installed in him. And, you know, from when I talked to him, he said, I'm looking at this again as an opportunity to come in early, play right away. And he's a future NFL guy, him and Will Johnson. Those are those guys are – I said this on our podcast, but if you can add both of them to your secondary, it becomes one of the top secondaries in the country, flat out, straight from the top. And so those are guys that are going to plug and play guys, basically. You can put them in and Will, jo- Will Johnson, his dad played for Gary Moeller, I want to say, in the early 90s. So he's a legacy guy. Nice. So that that's a plus. But, again, you know, both of them talked to me and they said, listen, we're going to be a package deal. So oh, wow. They're, wow. they're looking at other schools. It's not just Michigan. It's Ohio State. It's, you know, all the big heavy hitters are looking at them too. So it could go either way. Michigan could possibly land them or Ohio State possibly could land them. You know, it could go either way. But – I'm not saying package deals usually work because they don't, but they seem pretty confident when talking about that. But, yeah, in terms of this weekend, Michigan really hit out the park in terms of just the guys made those connections. I think, you know, for the game for them, they don't look at one game or one season like it's over, like everything's blown up. I mean, if you look at Notre Dame with Brian Kelly, he went four and eight, struggled. And now they've won double-digit, you know, games every season since. So I think they're looking at this more of like a hiccup where the Michigan fans are like, this is year six, you know, like what, what is it just going to keep going down? And I, you know, I mean, it could, but you're not sure. And at this point, the way they're recruiting, I want to say this is the best Harbaugh has been recruiting ever since he got to Ann Arbor, which is kind of scary because they're one of three. So I, you know, for me, they got the number, I want to say eight or nine class in the 2021 and this 2022 class could be even better. It could be a top five class. And like you said, Will Johnson, a couple crystal balls in, favoring Michigan, Delmonte Jackson. If I had to pick a team right now, I'd say Michigan's leading for him. And I think he's the number one player in the country. He's not wow. rated, but I think he's the number one player. He's ready to play right now. As a junior, him and Will Johnson could play for Michigan right now as juniors. So, I mean, Michigan's on some elite talent, and elite talent still likes Michigan. So that's really promising. Yeah, and and I'm a guy who I haven't seen any film on either of these guys. I mean, what what do they play? Do you, do you have like a college comparison for them, or even an NFL comparison? Jabril or Dax Hill? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what. So our analysts will put they'll write their own like breakdowns and who they mm-hmm. compare to, but I want to say our Midwest recruiting analyst Alan True compared Will Johnson to Stephen Gilmore. I think of okay. uh, Patriots. So that's a good comparison. Ohio State guy, right? I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. So <laughs> he's uh, – I mean, again, I've seen them both play in high school. They're both incredible talents. They're both guys that can do quite a bit. I mean, they both can play several positions in the secondary. And a big thing for them is they like Michigan because they fit kind of the playing style. They want to play that bump, man-to-man coverage. And so – you can see with Michigan, it's kind of like with basketball, beeline, it was like live by the three, die by the three. And with Michigan defenses, 
live by a man, die by the man. So it's you either get beat or you kind of hold them up. And so these guys can definitely hold them up if they come to Michigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious because I saw a photo uh, with all of the recruits after the game. How big of an impact do you think J.J. McCarthy has been making on these recruits? I know he's been really leading the charge. Uh, I'm just curious if you've heard anything uh, regarding how big of an impact he has. He's huge. I mean, he's a five-star quarterback. He's from Illinois. He transferred down to IMG Academy, which you'd think modern day is impressive. You look at IMG Academy, that team could probably beat half of D1 teams. I mean, the whole offensive (laughs) line, their offensive line is better, bigger, and stronger than half these D1. Probably Michigan's right now. (laughs) They might be. So, um, And they actually have an offensive lineman commit from IMG going to Michigan and Greg Greg Crippen. But, um, no, J.J., he's one of those guys where he's just personable. He's likable. He's a guy that's not pushy. You know, when you think of a five-star, you might think of egos. You might think of a guy that's – you know, I'm better than you. I don't need to talk to you, whatever. I run the show. And for a quarterback, it's sometimes that way. But he's one of those guys that, you know, we talked about our podcast. Steve pointed this out, but he kind of has like that Trevor Lawrence vibe to him where he's just like, just guys come to him. He's, you know, calm, cool, collected. He's got everything. He's focused. And he, he looks like nothing's above him where any challenge he can take on and it's not a problem. So he's a guy that, you know, when you talk to him too, he's way beyond his fears, super mature kid, super level-headed. And you saw that because he tweeted out a couple tweets kind of telling the Michigan yep. fan base, listen, just stop freaking out. You know, I, I see what's <laughs> happening too. I'm not like, it's not like I'm not watching these games too. I see what's happening, but look at what's coming in and look at our mindset coming in. All these guys in that class are saying, we're going to change this. We're going to turn the tide. This is not going to happen anymore. And so he pointed out to us too. He's like, listen, I think what's impressive is I looked up a stat. Michigan hasn't been one and two, one and three since blah, blah, blah. He's like, that just shows the excellence Michigan's had that they've never been this record for so long. He's like, that's what we got to be. That's what I like about Michigan is because they demand excellence. So he's the guy that he's a future captain. He's a future two-time, maybe three-time captain. And I think personally he comes in he can compete for that starting role right away. He's that good. Yeah, and one of the big things that I noticed when when he did put that tweet out, I was like, man, this kid's a fucking leader. Yeah. Like, and and the fact that he's not jumping ship, like, right after, like, Michigan's having an office. No. Season, I mean, he's bought in, right? Like, he, he's, he's all, incredibly all bought all in. in. Dude, the and kid's like 17, too. <laughs> right, and there's some, one thing that we talked about on the last podcast was just, like, leadership, and it, it seemed like Michigan was lacking that, whether it's fire you know, from Harbaugh or whoever it is. And 2020 is fucking weird, but <laughs> to have a kid like that, that everybody can rally around, which I feel like that 2021 recruiting class already has because he was the first major piece, right? I mean, it, it's just incredible to have a guy like that on the team. I mean, for him too, what's impressive is, so this recruiting weekend, which was all put together by him, this is not something, so it's a dead period, which means during this dead period, these kids cannot go to the game. They cannot talk to the coaches. They cannot go in the facilities. So it's like you and me just driving up to Ann Arbor. We have nothing to do. Looking around like, okay, what do we do? And he hit up all these kids, set all this up, got them on mini tours, had them all watch the game at a bar, 
and all this. He Holy set all shit. this up. So he, you can tell he's all in. This is something he is trying to make happen. He's trying to bring the best to Michigan as well. Can we yeah. hire him as like a recruiting guy too? Like, <laughs> my God, I mean, he's he's impressive. He's that, impressive. That's like that's next level. Have you? Yeah. Have you ever seen? We've obviously seen other. We've seen kids go out and recruit other guys. Have you ever seen anybody, especially at the quarterback position, from a five-star guy that is going to that level of setting that stuff up and really, you know, going out making sure he has these guys uh, committed? Usually, five, like usually, quarterbacks commit early because they want to be the leader of the class, you know. So I think one guy that really com- comparable maybe it was a little before my time with Shane Morris when he committed a lot of guys fought him and he was a five-star coming out of Dean LaSalle um, and a lot of guys were like oh it's five-star you know and stuff like that and he really took on that burden of okay I'm the next future I'm the Michigan quarterback this is all me but I think JJ is taking that a step further and it's kind of showing with those tweets and just like I said I mean I joked he could be a motivational speaker I mean, the guy's just yeah. so impressive. You know, it makes you run through a wall. You're like, this guy's, you know, it's impressive. And I think, too, you know, who knows? Again, I'm assuming Carbo would be the coach next season. But even if not, I don't think he's the guy that flip. I know fans are like, you know, we should just keep him just for JJ. I don't even think he would flip. I don't think he would leave because he loves the university and the program that much, regardless of whoever the coach is. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Honestly, I think that is like very surprising. And, and like you said, Caitlin, he's 17. So, and, and what you said, Jack, where that's what it looks like we've been missing on the field. It's, it's very obvious that leadership is lacking. And so um, I think that is a key piece. And, and he, at this point, he doesn't have to be that unbelievable talent, which he, we also think he is. I've watched him at IMG. The dude can run, the dude can throw. He can do it all. Um, but the leadership factor is, is definitely uh, necessary. So um, I, I think that, uh, that, that he can make a difference. And like you said, he's going to come on and try to compete in, in, uh, in, from day one. Um, one thing I saw, too, which was kind of like made me like, okay, here we go again. After this weekend, I saw multiple guys, multiple of these commits tweet out like, oh, we're the class that's going to finally make the difference. Going to, like, put this team over the edge. And I'm like, all right, we've heard that from every goddamn class for the last 10 years, you know. Um, is, should we believe that talk? I know they're just guys that are trying to get, you know, hyped, about, hyped up about coming to Michigan. Um, is, does, does one of these classes, either the 21 or 22 class, have a chance to actually be that class? With the 2021 class – um, I think, like you said, it's a broken record. It can be all talk, but I don't think that's the case with this because the coaches have been telling the guys, we plan on having you come in and, and playing right away, which is one thing I haven't heard since covering Michigan recruiting in a while. And the second thing is a lot of these guys are enrolling early, so they're looking to make a difference and a step, you know, that means they're passing up prom. They're passing up certain things, you know, where high school kids want to do. And now they're saying, forget that. I want to come learn the playbook. I'm going to get that strength and conditioning program and get bigger and stronger. So I think you got to have that mindset, though. If a class didn't come and have that mindset, I'd be more worried than not. So either way, I think they have that potential, though. That's the key thing. Do I think they have that potential? I think there's several guys. 
that could come into play from day one. I guess my question for you with that 2021 class, like we know the big names, right? We know McCarthy, um, Edwards would be in that class if he does sign or commit to Michigan. Uh, who, who's a guy that Michigan fans should look out for? Brandon Jennings, top 100 linebacker. He's the guy that can play sideline to sideline. He can play in space. Um, he's hard hitter. When he comes down, he wants to physically hurt you. He really wants to come down and bring the wood. And he's already got the size you're looking for at 6'3", 230. He's the guy that he doesn't really need that weight room. He knows what the weight room is already. So he's a guy that – and if you look at the kind of the linebacker play, it's been kind of inconsistent. So he's the guy that can play multiple positions as well. He's versatile. He's like a Swiss Army knife. You can put him anywhere. He can do anything. He can come off the edge, middle, whatever. So he's a guy to look out for for sure. All right. So um, so one thing I did want to ask you about um, this team right now, why we're seeing such a drop-off because um, Michigan still – you know, the, the stat that stood out to me, and I, I mentioned this on our last podcast when we had Brandon Brown on, um, but he – Michigan, I believe – Ant Wright tweeted this out. It, it was some staggering stat of, like, Michigan has 44 stars and two five-stars or something, and then Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan State combined have 26 four-stars or something like that, and that's it. Um, so it's not a talent issue. Um, it's obviously like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's developing that talent and getting them motivated and all that stuff. Um, but I will say 2018's class from Harbaugh, um, was it his worst class? He was, I believe it was the 22nd class in the country compared to every other class he's had as a top 10, uh, class. Um, how much does that actually, how much do you think that affects, um, what, what we're seeing on the field right now? How much is of a difference is there between a top 10 class and a 22nd ranked class? It, it can be, you know, significantly different. I mean, you look at a school like Alabama, there's a reason they're always at the top because they have top recruiting classes. There's a reason you see, Alabama, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, because they're recruiting top five classes every year. But if you look at that, like you mentioned, that 2018 class, it was the low-rated class. So if you're going to have a low-rated class, you got to hit on some of those kind of guys. And so you hit on Ronnie Bell. He was a two-star from committed for Missouri State for basketball. And now he's a starter. Ah, he's probably crazy. your number one wideout. You look at oh, Hassan yeah. Haskins, who was a no one. And all of a sudden, they kind of found him. And now he's probably your, one of your best running backs, would you say? I mean, he's yeah, averaging, what, seven yards a carry? Back. Yeah. So you look at him and then you got to, you know, hit on some of these top guys in that class. You had, I want to say Jalen Mayfield. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a first round pick. You got Aiden Hutchinson. So the class wasn't that bad, but it's what you can't, you can't have that many misses. And I think the problem with Michigan is if you look at some of the misses, it's happened quite a bit in certain areas more than others. So defensive line, they really hurt. And now years later, you kind of expect these guys that you recruit in 2017, 18 to be, third to fourth year guys instead of playing freshmen right you know yeah. that's kind of how you develop depth is you have those guys you know those seniors from a couple years ago develop now they're playing and then you sprinkle in like a five star something like that so that's why you look at the 2016 defensive line you had guys like taco charlton and that stuff and chris wormley but you sprinkled in a you know sophomore 
Chase Winovich, and then a five-star Rashawn Gary, and it's just yeah. super loaded. Right. But now you look at it, it's like you don't have those senior guys, and instead you're playing guys maybe that aren't ready at this point. So this kind of the product sometimes you get. So it hurts when you miss on certain areas more than others. So you're kind of seeing that at corner and at defensive line. Yeah, and a guy like – I mean, obviously we, got, we have one – upperclassman right like Carlo Kemp on the D-line but I mean there's a guy in Mossy Smith that I've been very like anxious to see get on the field but we haven't seen it I mean we've seen Chris Hinton but Mossy Smith was another five-star D-lineman correct me if I'm wrong um have you heard anything on him or I mean from your, when you were when you covered him when he was being recruited uh what do you got on Mossy Smith he was a big guy he's from I want to say East Kenwood East so he's an in-state yeah. kid yeah. yep, yep. And um, he was a four-star, unfortunately, not four the five-star star okay. product. Still, though, he should but be a talented still, guy ready to go, good. right? Yeah. He, uh, big thing with him coming out of high school is conditioning. It was his weight, keeping his weight in check. And so I think that maybe is one thing. And plus, like I said, maybe, you know, I'm not there at practice, you know, but from what I'm hearing, maybe he's just not developing as quickly as some other kids, you know. And so he's kind of taking a slower path. You know, some kids aren't always going to be a quick guy. I don't know. I just I think it's one of those things with Mozzie where he just needs to keep keep at it. Simply, you know, I think he's a guy that could contribute, but if he's not in the field, there's a reason, and I it's just he's simply not ready, you know. And so you kind of need some of these older guys to step up, Donovan Jeter, um, mm-hmm. you know, those type of guys who've been in the program a couple of years, and right now they're just not producing. So all I can do is keep chipping away, hoping something happens at this point. So, I mean, do you, is that something where you would think that's on Sean Nua? I mean, obviously, right. He's the D line coach. He's supposed to be developing these guys, but understandably there's gotta be guys that just don't pan out. Do you think it's more Sean Nua can't develop them? Or do you think Mozzie Smith is just a guy right now that he's just not ready? And also too, uh, he hasn't landed any recruits on the, from a D tackle standpoint. So um, I think that as far as Sean Nua goes, I mean, if anybody, obviously Don Brown's on the hot seat, Harbaugh's on the hot seat, everyone's on the hot seat. But like, in my opinion, if anybody's going to go first, it's probably Sean Nua at this point. Yeah. So recruiting wise, defense attack has been a struggle. I think that's pretty well documented. I mean, they just missed on Rashawn Benny who is a four-star defensive tackle from Oak Park, Michigan. He just picked Michigan State over Michigan, and that was one that Michigan really wanted. You know, it was a position need, in-state guy at a talent-rich school right in your own backyard, and Mel Tucker in his first year beats you, and that's kind of the product, you know. That's the thing is some of these games, too, matter. I don't think in this recruitment it was, like, the deciding factor – but I do think it was the nail in the coffin, which kind of put it away. Yeah. But, you know, if Sean, he's, you know, it landed several guys, I think top guys like Brady McGregor. Um, he's landed Quint Somerville, a guy that Michigan would have never landed if it wasn't for Sean Nua. And he's got, you know, Alex Van Summeren in the 2022 class. That dude's a I'm really high on. He's 6'3", 285, and he plays running back for Essexville Garb. And he just moves extremely well. I, so. I remember seeing you you uh, put out – I think you were at that game. And, oh, my God. Like, 
That dude, I was like, this dude's going to play deep tackle for us. He literally could play running back for Michigan, I think, honestly. Wait, linebacker. Dude, play he said 280. Could you imagine getting hit by a 280 running back? Oh, Moving. my gosh. Moving, too. That's like the fridge. <laughs> the fridge. <laughs> Jerome Bettis 2.0, the bus. <laughs> I mean, that dude, though, was like, in your videos, Bryce, like, Holy shit, that dude moved so well for a 280. It was crazy. He's a big dude. And I think in terms of if you're going to compete with all the Ohio States and some of these top schools, that's how your defensive line should look. Right. You need those guys across the board. And so it's just the problem is they don't all grow on trees, those type of defensive tackles. As far as this coaching staff, they're getting a lot of heat. Everybody thinks it's the coaching staff right now. Um, in my opinion, they, it's a lot of the talent, not even just the talent, but I think the talent's there, but these guys just like aren't making plays. Um, and so I think it's, it's a lot of that too. Um, who would you say, uh, let's just ask this, who, who would you say is the best position coach at the moment? Um, you know, when you factor everything in recruiting, development, play calling, all that stuff. And then who would you say is the worst? Ooh. I know that was a, that was tough. a loaded question. That's <laughs> tough. I'd probably say the best. I'd probably say Ed Warner. I mean, I know the offensive line right now is not looking up to par, but he's recruiting again at extremely high level. And that was one of the knocks coming from Ohio State or Minnesota, where he came from, was he just not a good recruiter. He's just not that good. But in terms of his offensive lines, he's always been one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, and so. He's show, he showed that, you know, he can get guys to the league, he can develop guys, and he can bring in top talent. And that's basically everything you can ask for a coach. In terms of the worst, oh, that's, that's pretty – that's tough. See, this is where Rose trying to trying to set you up, and this is where you got to, you know, you got to duck and you got to hit him with the uppercut, right? So who's the worst coach? Uh, Bob Shoop. He isn't even showing up to work. He's not even there. Uh, he you got know, fired. There's nobody doing anything. So there you go, Bob yeah. Shoop. Bob yeah, Shoop. Man. I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about, uh, about football here. Um, I do want to get to a little bit about basketball because we finally got the schedule. Um, and I know you're not a huge basketball guy, but – God, for Michigan fans out there, it's like it's what we it's need. All, oh, we what got we need, need right now, baby. Right now. Um, I think half of Michigan f- football fans are uh, hoping that the season does get canceled. Um, but we have to. We, I know, I said it earlier. It's been de- beaten like a dead horse. Um, but we do have to ask you uh, about the the whole the whole Harbaugh thing. Um, just uh, honestly, this whole coaching staff. Um, it sounds like. Every single fan out there is ready to move on, right? Uh, but then every single insider we talk to is like, nah, not quite yet. Maybe they personally think it's time to move on, but this administration apparently doesn't think that. So where do you see yourself and where do you, I guess, where's your opinion? And then where do you see um, what is actually going to happen in the next year? Yeah, I just want to see a finished product. I want to see if, you know, if they don't win a game, kind of, you know, I'm not saying you should get fired, but you definitely got to look at his whole resume, you know, and I think, let's say they beat Ohio State, you know, 
now is everyone still calling for his head? You know, it's like, you don't know, you know, and he's recruiting at an extremely high level. And I know that shouldn't be why someone keeps their job, but you got to look at the full picture. You can't just, again, you know, what has he done? And at the same time, is the future going to be better with him or without him? And I think that's the main question people have to ask before they just jump to conclusions. Yeah, I think it's a it's a loaded question. It's I I would not want to be Warren Manuel right now. I tell you what, because um, he has a tough decision ahead. I think that he is is really you know backed into a corner here um, because of the contract situation. Because I, I in my opinion, I really think that they are going to come out after this season and extend him because um, you can't not, right? You can't just let this contract go out uh, as far as recruiting purposes. That's like you're, you're shooting yourself right there. Um, that's a suicide mission. And so um, I, I, I don't know. We've talked about it a lot. Um, I think it's, it's just so hard. I, I don't know how, how, how they come out with a win in this situation. I'm not Right now, I'm not a fire hardball guy. I'm going to get Don Brown out of there, see what happens with a different D coordinator, let it play out a little bit longer. I mean, like you said, Bryce, earlier in the episode, Michigan's got a top 10 recruiting class right now for the next year with a five-star QB coming in. The next year is looking good as well. You got to keep the head coach around for that, right? Or is it, do you think that um, recruits are more looking at the coordinators that they're playing for? I think it's a mixture of both. I think, you know, a lot of these guys too are looking at the school, you know, I mean, I I get their football players, but at the same time, you know, they want to see how's the campus life, how's just everyday living in Ann Arbor. And I I think that matters, you know, school in terms of academics, does it fit the right major? So I think there's a lot to their decisions other than just a single coach. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I could see Harbaugh maybe shuffle the staff at the end of the year that's a possibility too jack i'm glad you said that i i've definitely taken a little bit of time this week to breathe meditate <laughs> take a step back a little bit right I, you know sunday morning you know the only thing i did is wake up and then start talking about how pissed off i am about michigan football so i definitely came off you know very raw and fresh <laughs> But uh, took a little time to think about. I actually think you're kind of on the right track a little bit more. You know, let's not just jump into like throw everybody in the trash and start over, right? Mm. But you know, definitely something needs to change. Let's evaluate. Let's look at that for sure. So, all right, let's get to more. So, uh, some more positive news here. Michigan basketball is, uh, I believe, seven days away right now. Right a next week from Wednesday. today, baby. Next Wednesday, um, they will open up with Bowling Green. The schedule came out. I looked at the schedule. Um, I actually tweeted this out right before we uh, we came on. They Michigan. So the first part of their schedule is actually not too bad. They have like Northwestern and Minnesota a few times in their first part of their conference schedule. They play five or six com- or non-conference games against you know the MAC schools and things like that. Um, but then after January 12th, all of their games except for one are against top 30 Ken Palm teams. Um, so I don't know if, if all of our listeners know what Ken Palm is, but it's essentially a, a computer data analytic, uh, analytic t- you know, take on 
um, how good each team is. And so it's pretty true um, when you look at his, uh, his ranking. So either way, the Big Ten is a gauntlet. It is like, holy shit, every team is going to be good. They have, I believe, 10, 10 out of the 14 teams are in the top 40 uh, of that, uh, of that Kempom. So um, <clears throat> I don't know. What is, what is your guys' take on just like expectations? Because I know I've, I've seen people put in like the top four teams are Iowa, Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, and then Michigan's on that kind of next tier. I believe they there's no reason not to put them on that top tier, and I don't. I want to keep their expectations, you know, realistic. Unlike Mich- unlike football, I'm sick of just you know natty title or bust because I think basketball is in a different spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you guys' expectations for Michigan basketball with Livers, Franz Wagner, this really good recruiting class? Obviously, Michigan has a number one recruiting class coming in too, uh, but that's not going to play out this year. Um, go ahead. Go ahead and give me your expectations, all of you. Bryce, give, give us your yours first. So I want to say they went 18 and 12 first year under Jawan Howard. So that's not too bad. But I want to see – main thing I want to see, I think one of the struggles they really had was shooting. Let's see how they can shoot the ball this year. I think if they can shoot it better, it's going to be a matter of can they put the ball in the basket. And I think it's going to be tough because they got a lot of new faces. You know, they got some transfers in. They're going to play pivotal roles and big roles for them. They got a freshman, Hunter Dickinson, who I think could potentially even start, you know, but he's a freshman, so you don't want to put everything on him. So I think they have the potential to, like you said, get to that top tier. It's a matter of are these guys going to live up to the hype and are they going to exceed expectations? And I think they got that possibility and that potential too. But the only guy I feel 100% confident saying that is Franz Wagner, who I think is going to have – First team, first team Big Ten type of year. I think he's going to have a just incredible year for them. So for me personally, I, I don't know what it is, but I don't buy into the hype with Franz Wagner. So even, even last year, I just didn't love him. I, I don't, I know, don't what, know what – this is like you're on I'm an, like, I'm on an island. island, bro. I'm on an like, island by myself not loving Franz Wagner. I mean, <laughs> hope to God he fucking pans out, right, and he does well, but – I know at the beginning of the season, I was like, I was texting my buddy Patty, who's a, who's a former basketball player. I'm like, dude, this guy looks like a fucking baby deer when he runs on the court. He's falling all over the place. <laughs> and, and granted, it was the first half of the season. He, he greatly improved throughout the year. And apparently now he's a couple inches taller. Um, yeah, I mean, he fucking grew at age 20 or something like that. He still grew two inches or one inch or something. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me take insane. that drug. Apparent, well, apparently – Men or humans grow until the age 28, and I'm still sitting there at like 5'11 and three quarters. Oh, you're hoping. 27th birthday's on Friday. I've, I've still got a year, boys. I just need a quarter oh, yeah. inch. You just need those I just need nice a quarter inch. That's German it. jeans. Get the six foot. Use that <laughs> eligibility. Jeans. Maybe Jawan needs a student assistant. We well, can try well, and find know. you some HGH here or something. Like I'm sure we could find somebody. <laughs> at, Put it in uh, your spine. Just like LA balloon. Fitness, you know somebody's in the locker room shooting <laughs> oh, up or something. I'll get so. I'll get on that deer antler spray that Ray Lewis had, man. I mean, that's, well, that's hell but anyway, get get back to get back to oh, Michigan basketball. <laughs> um, I mean, they come in 25th ranked team, not super high expectations. They've had a stretch now for eight to ten years where they've been really pretty fucking good, and. There's just momentum going with Juwan right now. New guys coming in. Shondi Brown, I think, is going to be fucking awesome. It's great that he's eligible right away. Mike Smith, 
you know, I think we'll see. I think we'll see what happens with him, especially coming from a school like Columbia. Not as much, you know, um, you can't really get a real feel for that like we could with Shondry coming from the ACC. But um, like you said, Bryce, Hunter Dickinson, man, he can be a guy that plays right away, and I think he might. And he's got a great leader to look at at Austin Davis, man. Fucking love big country. Oh, and yeah. I, I think Michigan basketball is going to have a solid year. And what I love more than anything about basketball season you lose a couple games, you're fine. You can lose 10 games. That's you can still go into the fucking playoffs. You're going to March Madness. That's, that's my favorite thing. So it's, it's like if Michigan basketball loses the game, it's not like the, the world is over. The world's ending. So uh, that, that's my, my favorite thing about Michigan basketball. But I think they'll be solid. I think they can – I think a top five finish in the Big Ten is realistic. Yeah. I'm, maybe, maybe this is me outing myself here. Um, I don't care. You can come at me on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. You know where to find me. But last year, <laughs> last year, I probably watched collectively like one and a half basketball games. So All right, we, I, what I'm looking forward to this year is the fact that this is like a brand new team. That, so, yeah, that's fantastic, man. From where I left off, this is going to be awesome. So I'm jumping right into oh. Juwan Howard, <laughs> year two, with awesome class. This is going to be sweet for me. So if you're like me and you took a year off, let's go, guys. See, the thing is, like, being a Michigan basketball fan is so much better than being a Michigan oh, football fan. So it's much better. So much better. There's so little stress because, like you said, Jay, <laughs> if they lose a game, whatever. There's another one on Saturday, yeah. um, and and they're bouncing back. And they have they have exceeded expectations in nearly every year. Every you year. Know? And so, whereas Michigan disappoints every single year, mm. um, I definitely think they're going to be a top five team in the big 10 the big 10 is going to just everyone's going to beat up on each other like yeah. the winner of the big 10 uh championship uh regular season at least is going to have like five or six losses probably honestly because it's just going to be tough and so oh, yeah um i don't know i i'm a i'm very confident because if we can have somebody that comes in like uh and, and plays the xavier role um i think mike smith and eli will probably share it a little bit um I, everyone hate. I think people hated on Xavier Simpson, kind of like Shea Patterson was hated on. Uh, he did no, everything. Stop that! I love Xavier Simpson. I do okay, love Shea relax. too. Okay, never mind. Go back. Go back. Relax. Relax. I cut you off. Well, your <laughs> any of your points are not validated because oh. you said Franz Wagner is not good. So I never um, said that. I yeah. never said that. I, I said I don't to, see what everybody else sees in him. I was about to shut. Oh yeah, you nobody. Like the NBA scouts, yeah, they're not – they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I just think that they need a leader like Xavier was. Yes, he wasn't a great shooter, which did you guys see at the, at the uh, combine? I was just he about was like to say that. He was like a top 10 uh, three-point shooter. Yeah. Uh, he was shooting like spot 74% or something from spot-up threes yeah. at, uh, at their last, like, shoot-around in the NBA. I was like – who the fuck is that guy? Like, what? Dude, he, did he, nothing, he did nothing but improve from every year at Michigan, improving his three-point shot. That's true. I mean, last year, I'm, I could probably look at the stats and probably look like a fucking idiot, but he had to be one of the top three, four three-point shooters on Michigan's team last year. Yeah. 
I mean, there's only five right? starters, so if he's well, top yeah, four, but there's guys <laughs> coming in, you know, like fucking, top four. I mean, you know, the fifth one is John Teske. So, <laughs> hey, John Teske was money his junior year. Last yeah, year, not was. so much. He didn't make a single through three his senior year. Anyway, so um, yeah, I think that they're going to be solid. We'll uh, we're actually going to have a couple uh, Michigan uh, basketball people on as guests next week, so we'll get some. Uh, some more inside info hopefully um but yeah i'm excited like we need something else to distract us from this football season guys it's just i mean i i have to like honestly take a break from twitter because twitter i know bryce you're on twitter all the time it's like at this point people are gonna (laughs) i I don't know man i don't know people are gonna off themselves if uh if things go keep going bad (laughs) So. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, yeah, like you said with basketball, it's like, you know, that's the thing with basketball too. Why I like basketball personally more is you can be down by 12. That doesn't mean you lose the game. Right. You know, you can make a run and you're back in and all of a sudden they can make a run and then you make a run. It's just, mm-hmm. that's a lot of momentum at basketball. With football, it's like, you're down by 21. It's like, yeah, it's. That's about it. It's Pretty much over. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's so. matching on like a Tuesday night exactly. where anything True. can happen. True. Um, which I do love me some action. I think there's some on tonight, honestly, that I'm going to be watching. Well, oh, hey. Central Western. Central is Western. Is it tonight? Yeah. Oh, shit. Tonight. I'm about to turn that on. Yeah. But I was going to say, we can't, for, we can't forget about Michigan hockey, boys. Yes, oh, sir. shit. You're right. 2-0 yes. on the season. Blew out Arizona State. Sorry, Josh Christopher. Arizona State <laughs> was a top 15 team. And they're that playing Wisconsin. They're playing Wisconsin tomorrow. tomorrow night. We're recording this Wednesday night. They're playing tomorrow night. I'm going to tune in. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I said earlier in the year, I think it was like March or April, that I'm going to try to tune into oh, Michigan hockey a little bit more. Yeah. They're, they're solid. They've always been pretty solid, man. I need, to, I need to get back into Michigan hockey. I used to be a huge Red Wings fan back when they were on top of the world, but I got to get back into hockey. It's a fun, it's a fun fucking sport to watch. Dude, Michigan it's hockey, uh, I think they have a, good, a really good class in here too now. So. Freshmen. I think three of the freshmen got drafted or something like that. Yeah. Yes. So also definitely worth going a watch. To Yost, Yost is sweet, dude. Going to a game at Yost, at Yost is the best atmosphere in college. It's anything. so sweet. At college, anything. It's we just really need the Yost people to go to the big house, you know, we fire up. Before. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 We, we need anything. To, we need a lot of help. The, those cardboard cutouts aren't doing shit in there, honestly. Just wait till you see Chrysler. <laughs> Your boy. <laughs> that was a, is that you? That is there a, is there a cut out of you there? I'm in there, baby. <laughs> That's <laughs> when I was sitting there like this, like this. I did like 20 push-ups, and I think I was like, Heather, take my picture real quick. <laughs> Swole as shit. Yeah, good for you. Oh, I can't wait. That's right, where you've well, been at any time, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Bryce, thank you so much for joining us today. Plug yourself here. Uh, plug your Twitter, your website, all that stuff right now. It's just Bryce Marich. It's Wolf and I, B-R-I-C, and then last name, M-A-R-I-C-H. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on 24-7 Sports on the Michigan Insider. So we got a lot more coming out of this big visit weekend, and hopefully we got some more good stuff for a Rutgers win. So we'll see. Big, big Rutgers win coming up this weekend, uh, folks. So. All right, boys, roundtable. You betting, you betting Rutgers with the spread, or you bet Michigan? I think it's what ten and a half right now. Ten and a half. Ooh, that's a good ending to this episode here. That's that'll be our zero to ninety. So um, we'll go around. Um, let's start with Jack. Go for it. I mean, I'm I'm betting Rutgers ten and a half. Right. Worst case scenario, I lose the bet. Michigan wins. Cool. I'm I'm good with that. 
I, I should have done it fucking last week. I need to start <laughs> betting against Michigan. I've talked about this all year long, and I still haven't done it. I need to start betting against Michigan, so either way I'm happy at the end of the night. So I'm going to bet Rutgers um, plus 10 and a half. And Michigan right. could still win, and I could still win the bet. That's so there's true. an opportunity you for could, double happy there. two for two there. Yeah. Uh, Kalen, what do you got? Um, yeah, I'm not a big gambler, but, I mean, I, I think Jack's right, honestly. I mean, betting against Michigan um, – at this point, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, take Rutgers. Take the spread. I, I'm i going to go – honestly, I would, I'm going to take the under in this game this weekend. I think it's going to be a shit show. I think that nobody's going to score. <laughs> I, honestly. Like, not actually – 2 nobody. nothing. This is be a safety. I don't mean zero to zero, you idiot. Have you seen I, our secondary? Oh. Oh my god! Yeah, I've seen our secondary. Did you see our offense? We scored eleven Rutgers, points. In, Rutgers in, scored what? Twenty-eight against Ohio State. I'm taking the over. They, they're legit. Hey, did they? I'm taking the over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna parlay it. Right. I'm gonna take the over and Rutgers ten and a half. All right, relax over there. You don't even. You're gonna be out of money after Friday, anyways. <laughs> I already lost right. fifty bucks last week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I I think I will take Michigan. This is a turning point in the season, boys. We're back. We're back. Oh man. Oh, you're the optimist. I yeah, love this it. Is like you and Jack switch places. What the hell? <laughs> switch places. All right, Bryce. What do you got? End it. End it for us here. Shoot. I mean, this is gonna be Rutgers Super Bowl. I look That's at every cool. team. Oh, I think I. Mich- the thing is, you know, I look at every team that Michigan plays and it's like their Super Bowl Maryland this is gonna be their Super Bowl it's gonna be every team Penn State who knows so they're gonna have a win so that'll be their Super Bowl yeah, and obviously Ohio Michigan State State's. yeah hey I mean Michigan State doesn't care if they win another game at this point yep, so yeah. I don't know dude like I mean that's a good point with that Ohio State Rutgers game I mean they're gonna pull out every trick play against Michigan they're gonna do every they're gonna do onside kicks maybe first kick might be onside kick I don't know you know Love Rutgers it. is gonna try everything so I'm going to take the under. I think I'm going to take the under on this God. one for sure. Under? That's no fun. Rooting <laughs> for defense? Going under. Man, I hope you – I mean, I hope you guys no. – no, no, I don't hope you guys are right because I'm going right, to over, but one – more, One more thing, quick round, uh, round table. Joe or Cade on Saturday? I'm glad you asked that. I was about to say the th- same thing. Oh. I, I feel like it's got to be Cade, right? He had, he had a perfect fucking drive. And I don't care if it was one drive, but it was perfect. We haven't seen that out of Joe Milton all year. Again, I love Joe. His fucking, his fucking ceiling is, is, is a 20-story building, right? But we just haven't seen – I mean, there's wide-open guys. There, there's just wide-open guys that he's missing. And, you know, give Cade a shot. I mean, I'm glad they're doing an open competition this week. We'll see what happens. But I feel like it's got to be Cade. Got to be Cade. Man, this is so tough. I wish you didn't ask this. Um, I mean, <laughs> Kay did have a really solid drive, and then he also kind of didn't have the most solid drive. But Joe didn't have the most solid night. So, oh, God, this is so tough. Um, I'm going Cade just because you have nothing to lose. Put Cade in. Right. No, fuck that. I'm going Dan Valari. Fuck all of you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> there you go. Bunny Dan Heisman, let's go. There you go. Will Sessa. There you go. <laughs> yeah, bring him back. There you go. Bring him back. Sixth year, seventh year. Oh, hell yeah. Bryce, who do you got? So, 
I've heard, you know, both have been taking a lot of reps in practice, and I think we're going to see both. I think it's going to be a mixture. I could see more Kate starts and Joe has the second half, or you just go with the hot hand. Right. You know, I mean, it's kind of one of those yeah. things. But I, I'd, I'd be shocked if I didn't see Kate play for sure. After Kate's going to definitely play some. I don't know if he's going to play the whole game, but he's going to play some. Yeah, I I think that they'll probably go back to Joe to start the game. Um, just because it's not the, it's not what I want. I'm not saying that, but I think that like they're they've invested too much at this point. They I mean, they literally made Dylan McCaffrey transfer because of this guy. So like Talk, they they I know he hasn't performed, but he wasn't terrible before the Wisconsin game. So I think they've invested too much into him at this point to just make a change off of you know, uh, a quarter basically or a half of, of play. Um, and so not that I think that that's the right move. I just think that they are going to say, hey, we need to give this guy another shot. He's too talented for us to just like bench him for the rest of the year. I still think that Cade will, will come in at some points. Um, I don't know. Is Cade on the same talent level? No, right? Like, there's no way. But he... I mean, depends how you evaluate talent, right? I mean, look at the fucking money balls that he threw on that drive. I, he, those... The confidence we saw out of him dimes. to throw those balls was nothing. We, we haven't, we've seen out of Joe a couple times. Maybe, maybe fucking 50%. Cade was like, every time he dropped back and he threw the ball, he looked fucking comfortable and he looked confident in the throw he was making, man. I don't know. I could. Yeah. Dude, can I'm we not, talk about I'm something? Fucking, I'm not getting paid seven million dollars a year to make this decision, but yeah, but the guy who gets paid seven million dollars doesn't make the fucking yeah. right decision a lot. So you know what's funny? We were arguing last episode we recorded about Joe's terrible throw to um, Blake Corum. Yeah, Fuck, man. I didn't even remember the play. And we were oh, arguing over I it. I get fucking nightmares about <laughs> Did it. Did you go back and watch I it? Went, I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, shit, that was, was a bad Well, throw. yeah, because you were defending <laughs> Joe. And I was, or, and you're like, that's on the coaches. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, but here's I'm the funny part. I went back and watched it. I went back and watched it. But I went back and watched it. At Steven Toski reviewed the play. And he says, this is a play design where as a coach, you have to be telling your player, dude, he's going to be open. Literally just float it. So it's literally totally on Joe if if they told him that, right? Exactly. You got to just be floating this to him. Uh, and so it was funny because, because I had no idea what we, play we were talking about, and here I was arguing about it. I mean, I mean Blake Corman had nothing but blue turf wide oh, open. He was yeah. wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, you could have thrown it fucking underhand. 100%. Yeah. You could have thrown it left-handed through your legs. Yep. Yeah. All right. I, I think we, we tried to wrap this show up like 20 minutes ago <laughs> and just kept ranting. So um, we'll, we'll try and wrap it up now again. Um, Bryce, thanks again for, for coming on. You can follow him at Bryce Marich on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, go see what he writes at 247sports.com. At, is, it at, or is it the MichiganInsider.com as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yep. All right. So um, he's on there with, with guys like Sam Webb and some of those other guys. Um, uh, Alan True and Steve Wiltfong are putting in good crystal balls for us right now. So we'd love to see it. Um, so, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Uh, hopefully we can have you again at some point when we're, you know, speaking of better, uh, better things for Michigan football. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the time having me on as well.